0: commit to something like make a decision and like stand behind the consequences you yeah. know what i mean like pass on the album and if it gets best new music then like egg on your face like you know what i mean don't don't be the person like you know because like yes. i don't know yes Yes. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions shape our identity and our lives. I'm your host, Pam Schaefer, and our producer is Laura Studeris. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar Magazine. If you like what you hear, you can head over to our Patreon to support us directly and get transcripts of all of our episodes, or you can come hang out with us on your favorite social media platforms, where we can be found under WNB the podcast this week we welcomed the wonderful mal bloom to our show i hope that you enjoy our chat welcome to why not both that's normal (laughs) no like seeing your power tool
2: collection i was just like i bought my first power tool and i i didn't know i i went to home depot and asked them for an electric screwdriver and no one knew what i was talking about because what i wanted was a drill
0: yeah. Well, actually, oh my God, I just said well actually. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. Oh my God. Um, sorry.
3: Into the sun. Uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> oh my God. You're it's like,
0: like <laughs> My biggest fear become becoming all the men I hated. Um, no, there, there is something that you're describing though that is actually different than a drill. Really. Which is, Yes. It's called an impact driver and it's um, almost exactly like a drill, except it's just for electric screwing. Yes. So they were wrong. You were right.
2: I, I, Oh my God. I talked to three different people and described what I needed. And they looked at me like I was from like another planet. And I was like, am I not using the right words? I was like, you know, the, pew pew with the with the spinny spinny for the screws on off <laughs> like.
0: yeah yeah which is a drill it is a drill but the thing is okay so from what I understand because I was very confused about this at first too yeah that a drill can do that and yes. and it but it also can like drill holes into things with a different with a different drill bit um, an impact driver you're just supposed to put the little like uh the little um, like screwdriver bits into it and it's literally just for that it's an electric screwdriver basically okay but it looks almost exactly like a drill
2: that's that's the thing is I was just like this has to exist this must exist
0: I'll send you a link you were right validating
2: I am just stamp of validation Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm there being just like this is my first time buying a power tool and yeah. then I was like singing show tunes to myself while taking cabinets apart and I was like I've never been more gay it's <laughs> like, like this is amazing
0: all the fla- <laughs> all the flavors
2: exactly exactly I was just like and we have stepped into the queer identity. I just looked and realized my high-heeled doc Martins are in frame which I was just like this is this is the tell. <laughs> 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 like,
0: Right. yes that yes that's the tell
2: no, that's fine just, that's fine <laughs>
3: like.
0: yeah i um had never owned a power tool prior to the pandemic um and i got well i have adhd so i really like you know do that thing where i like hyper fixate on on ho- a hobby for like three months and then like never again which is yeah you're, you're familiar you do it too yeah.
2: Why do, you, why do you think I just got a power tool? I already have like bookbinding supplies and things like oh, crowns no. and, you know, yeah. like a, yeah. a of markers. And then uh, oh, there's, oh, oh, this is, this explains why we vibe. Okay. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> and this podcast will go in many different directions, I'm sure.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes. What what did you build during, what were the cycles of hyperfixation?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I got really into power tools. Uh, Well, I got really into gardening, I had a gardening phase.
1: Uh,
0: I got really into, which I'd never done before either. I got really into power tools and building um, benches specifically. So I would build like a bench every week. (laughs) Where did the benches go? Let's see. One of them is outside in the front of the house. Um, It's like a garden bench. One of them's inside next to the table. Um one of them the first one I did was really shitty and that one's like outside to sit on. Um oh and there's one right here actually. Do you want to see it?
2: Ah hold on. I see the bench.
0: All right, hold oh. on. It's behind this it's no you can't see it yet. Hold on.
2: Oh, I was just like, I like wood grain. Oh. oh my gosh. Oh, that's What's the fancy bench
0: that's it's, um, fancy fancy it's called a leopold bench um is the style and it it seems fancy but for some reason this is the only um design that i could wrap my head around so like i was like that's the one that makes sense to me and like that's so i just made like four of these benches. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i made like I don't know. I made like, I made some shitty stuff too. Like there's a, I made the shitty desk, which is, (laughs) I don't know. My biggest thing is um, I was like, I'm going to build a mattress frame because they're all so expensive. I can.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But for some reason, I don't know the way my ADD brain works. The dopamine went away midway through building it. Oh no. (laughs) So no. (laughs) So now I just have the frame. And the slats, but the slats have never been hammered in and there's no mattress on it. And so it's like, I, I, and I was like, I'll finish that. And it's been two months now. And I, I, it just went away. I don't know what happened.
2: That's always the saddest thing. Like that's, I think why I try to finish projects at like at what appears to be like a manic pace, just like as fast as possible, because I know that I am, in a race against the dopamine supply.
0: I never realized that consciously until this year that like, that's like, I've known I had ADD since I was nine, but I didn't realize that like, you know, that's why I go through these cycles and like, and I didn't realize like the dropping or like chemically what was happening. Um, So yeah.
2: It's, Uh, it's it's, it's, yes. It's like the, what?
0: What did you What did you pick up during the pandemic? Uh,
2: basically this. Um,
0: oh, it's a new podcast. I didn't um, realize that.
2: Well, I started like right before the pandemic. I started on a lark because ADD. Um, and I was just like, you know, I'm a therapist and I'm a musician. And when I'm doing music, it feels weird to talk to people about the therapy world. And then in the therapy world, people think it's like weird and exotic that I do music stuff. And I was like, I wonder... I wonder who else does multiple things and how that like informs their sense of identity. I should talk to people. And so I did. And I, I, and people started listening to it and I was like, Oh, well that's cool. And then my good friend, uh, who's now the producer of the podcast, like at the start of 2020 was like, hey, I've been working in music journalism for a long time. Do you want any help like booking people? Like, do you need any production help? And I was like, oh, that could be fun. And she was just like, yeah, I usually do travel writing. But like, you know, for a few weeks, I have to stay
0: home. A few weeks. (laughs) We did think that. We did think that.
2: And so it really just spiraled from there. And as weird as it sounds, this is one of the few things other than music, this is one of the things I've been most consistent on because I was accountable to her. Like there were points Mm -hmm. in it that, because now this is, I think, yeah, I've talked to close to 120 people now. Wow. Which is wild. And like, I don't think I would have had, like the dopamine wore off and then it came back and then it, it wore off and then it came back, but I stuck with it because I was like, oh no my friend is stuck at home and can't do her job. And this is the consistent thing that's keeping her going. (laughs) I'm going to do it. And like, I've never done that before. Usually I have the mattress frame with the slats next to it, or maybe in a, I haven't even bought the slats yet. It's yes, that it's usually that. And so like this was a different thing because I was accountable to someone else, and I wanted to do good by them. And then I realized like, that I could get through the low dopamine as long as there's like as long as there's someone else there that's social motivator I was just like I got you buddy
0: yeah I love group work um it's interesting hearing you describe the conceit of the podcast that way because I know exactly what you're talking about like I was just experiencing this like a few days ago and like thinking about like it's sort of yeah this like two different areas of my life, like, and coming together and it feeling kind of really awkward, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: What, what areas were, like, I described it one time to someone that I feel like they're all different facets, like, it's kind of like a little chaos emerald, and they're all the different facets of it, but I am a unified, (laughs) Um, but I guess, like, what, what different things were you, like, gluing together in a collage?
0: Well, I mean there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things about me um obviously it's kind of like um you know like I've, I've had a lot of different selves um it's just kind of just like the nature of figuring out you're a transsexual you know um but <laughs> but this has nothing to do with with any of that um this is a hmm well it's a little dark to talk about, but it doesn't feel super dark to me because uh, it's just been like sort of my daily life for a little while, Um, but um, let's see. I uh, developed a friendship with one of my neighbors um, who is older, she's 79 um, and she's like super interesting like we have like a very real friendship and she's her life is incredibly weird she's incredibly weird um like I just we would have to have like a hundred podcasts for me to explain her to you she's just like wild person wow. um yeah like uh, yeah, you you can't even imagine um <laughs> like she's yeah talk about she's had like probably a hundred lives but Um, and not all of them great and she's not always nice, but, um, she is really interesting. And, uh, so I, yeah, I became really like good friends with her, you know, it was like at first I was just sort of doing neighborly things with her, like, um, you know, whatever yard work or like, um, sweeping something or like, you know, help, you know, sometimes she would like come over for dinner or, you know, um, whatever, Um, but then she, uh, she got sick. She got really sick. Um, and she was like, I'm not going to do treatment. Fuck that. Um, and she, so she probably a few months ago, um, started the journey of like hospice care. So, and it was like for a while, um, it was a little bit of a dance finding like the right caretakers and stuff um because hospice doesn't actually provide caretakers i don't know uh, a lot right. of people don't know that right. yeah are, are you familiar at all
2: yeah it's basically it's end of care life where it's um end of life care there we go where, where they just want you to be as comfy as possible as you're going through this transitional experience but it's not like intervention care
0: they will provide well at least this hospice and i i think it's pretty typical though i don't know um they'll provide like materials, they'll provide um, like a doctor to sort of come every few months to check. And then like towards the end of life when it's like the end dying stages, when you're like, you know, kind of yeah actively dying, uh, I think is the term they use that, then they come in and they're there. But until that point, if you're in your home, like you have to hire, unless you, um, you know, unless you qualify for like government help, um, you have to like pay private caretakers to come and sort of be there, whatever. Um, so it was like kind of a dance figuring that out with her. Um, and so for a while it was like, um, me, (laughs) um, and then we found two other people. And so it was like three shifts and it would be like, they would do two shifts and I would do one shift, like kind of thing. Um, And like, you know, I was next door. So she, she, at first she didn't, she didn't really want caretakers. So, so like, she would just call me when she needed something. Um, But like as her sort of mobility decreased, like it became like she should have somebody there for more and more time. Like she shouldn't. So just recently she's so then, um, but now as of, So it went on like a few months like that um, where I was there pretty much every day. Um, And obviously I have no qualifications for such things. Um, And like, we have like a unconventional relationship, um, like in terms of like, I'm not related to her. And, you know, so like people, no one really questioned it, but they, you know, or when the hospice would come, they'd be like, what's your you know and be like I'm just the next door neighbor you know whatever um but anyway as of like two weeks ago there's like um she has like a team of caretakers um and like I'm not I'm not one of them anymore so I've Um. I'm I'm a I've gone back to like a friend or like neighbor, like just like coming by. I still go, I still go over there pretty much every day, but like, just not for like care reasons, just to like, you know, have a cup of coffee and talk to her and whatever. Right. Um, which has been good for our relationship, I think. But anyway, I digress. So the, the, the way that that's related is that, um, it became this thing where <laughs> I don't know why, um, it was this way but obviously like in work right like the things I do for work like music and, you know songwriting writing acting whatever entertainment I, I wouldn't talk about that with her really um and and which like I mean a little bit because she used to work she was a script supervisor in hollywood actually so oh. like she's interested in like the hollywood aspects but not so much i don't know she doesn't really ask me about work she asked my partner about work she, i think she kind of thinks my partner because my partner makes more money than me i think she kind of thinks like like i'm a little bit of like a house husband or so. i don't know what she thinks but she always asks my partner about work and she never asked me about work um <laughs> and, yeah and that and i'm not like really one to be like you know whatever so when I'm over when I was over there pretty much every day like it, it's like I never even thought of myself as like <laughs> or she never she knew me super well because I was there a lot right but like she didn't know this real part of my life which is like my career and then obviously in my career in like entertainment stuff it's like I'm sort of going through this stuff every day that's like super heavy and like you know like thinking about a lot of stuff and, and it's like, I don't really bring that into that space, you know? Cause it's like, how do you talk about that with like, you know, casually when you're like, you know, what are you working on? Oh, well, you know, I have an album coming out and I've been spending like 10 hours a day with my dying neighbor. Like, that's like, how do you say yeah, that? It's like... I mean, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like these two worlds that don't really intertwine, but then um, I had like a release this week. And my partner uh, came over to like see her with me. And my partner was like, kind of like, oh, Mal has this release coming out and like this, that and the other. And Mm. um, and Dita was asking me about it and stuff um, because she was interested about like the mechanics. of. But I had this feeling of like, this is really awkward. Like I don't (laughs)
3: like
0: these worlds meeting is like weird to me. I kind of almost don't like it, you know.
2: Well, you're in such a different role and the role you're talking about. You're in a caregiver role and you're centering the other person's experience. And so to have your experience all of a sudden centered would be like, what?
0: Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Wow. You are a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that is why it was awkward, because I I did feel weird. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't focus on me, you know? Oh, what?
2: And that's, like, even the way you speak of her, it's fascinating to think about, like, you know, that this person is, if if it weren't for you living next door, it sounds like this person might be alone, in a way.
0: Uh, yeah, she doesn't have any family, uh, but she, yeah, it, I at the beginning, I was like, it is kind of kismet that we ended up living next door. Also because, so, f- for her generation, she's not gay, but she had a lot of gay friends and felt closest to gay people um and actually like um took care of a lot of her friends like when they were dying of AIDS in the 80s and and stuff like that we didn't know any of that when we started being friends with her you know but it is kind of like a weird I think like kismet thing of like she feels sort of closest to gay people. And then like this, like these like queer trans people move next door to her. Like, it's like a weird thing that kind of happened in the universe, you know?
2: Yeah yeah and also that we're in a situation over the last few years where really like you would get to know your neighbors in that way because if you were like constantly on tour doing stuff like that you wouldn't have gotten to know your neighbors I would imagine because either you're gone or you're then exhausted and then you're gone and then you're exhausted and like
0: yeah I'm one of those people that like always kind of talks to their neighbors which my partner is always like what is this you're so weird but um (laughs) But I will say something about the pandemic that I do regret is that, like, I didn't become that close to her until, like, after the vaccine. Because I was afraid of, like, oh, you of know, yeah. um, but now that I know her, she's very, <laughs> she, I mean, she's not, she's absolutely not an anti-vaxxer. I took her to get her booster myself. uh Like, I, I know that she is vaccinated and everything. But she talks like she's just like, she's like, basically, like, I'm built different. And like, I've never... <laughs> I've never had a virus and I was never scared of it. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> like...
2: <laughs> I love that. I'm built different.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: She's that's fascinating. Cause she's actually, she's my parents' generation. Like, I don't know how old your parents are, but like my parents had me when they were older.
3: Mm. And
2: so they're, um, they're a little older than she they're 80 and 81. And it's mm. so interesting talking to people from, for me, at least like, it's interesting talking to people from that generation's perspective because it's pre-boomer like it's not the boomer mentality which obviously gets so vilified in the media for some very valid reasons but some not but it's like
0: um yes so generationally yeah I think it's the great generation right it's not the silent generation, or is it the silent generation? it might be no it's the great the wait no it's the silent I don't know
2: I think it's the silent because it's the post-depression but like born during world war ii
0: well this is what's interesting about that she's austrian actually um
3: oh wow
0: yes yes so she's and she has a very interesting life story um and she so she didn't come to the u.s till she was 16. um mm -hmm. And, and so she was born right as the war was ending um and she was born actually she was born in occupied Poland at the time, so <laughs> I guess technically it was Germany, uh, and then was she uh, lost her parents, like pretty young.
1: Um,
0: well, it's not so sad, actually. Uh, well, it is for her. Plot, but plot twist. <laughs> when I t- there's so many plot twists.) Um, <laughs> A lot of my friends are like, "You should make a podcast about her," and I'm like, "I don't even know where to begin." Um,
2: I think beginning from the statement, she lost her parents at a young age, but don't worry, it wasn't so sad.
0: I mean, it is sad, but she—it's—it's—it's it's, it's just complicated. I mean, her—they—I'm pretty sure were Nazis. I—I—I <laughs> mean, um, I, 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 mm, I mean, listen. Uh- um, uh,
2: this is You have to make a podcast about this <laughs> Like my, I know this is the molecule of dopamine speaking, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, I will make this podcast. We can recruit Mara for this podcast. <laughs> I'm
0: like, well, Gabby was like, involved. <laughs> yeah, Gabby has been like, my partner's a podcaster. And I was like, if you make a podcast about, because I started when she first got sick, I started doing a lot of interviews, microphone interviews with her. But that was sort of before I learned that, you know, some of the stuff, some of her stories about her life are, after I got to know her better and like we became really close, like I realized that she, she lies about some of her life stories kind of stuff. And so Gabby was like, you have to be really careful if you're going to like make something about that and like, you know, you I don't know, you should really like. have to get like a legal team and whatever whatever because i don't know whatever um that's
2: fascinating
0: she's so she's the most fascinating person i ever met but anyway all this to say um so yeah she was born post-war right but not in the us right so and like an orphan by the age of five in europe in the post-war so i think that really She has a way different worldview than, like, you know, people of her age who were maybe born in the U.S. Like, she seems much older than 79, if that makes sense.
2: That, from what you're describing, that does make a lot of sense. Like, my parents have a little of the forever young about them. It's interesting because they have the tinge of, like, hoard everything, take care of yourself, don't always take risks but they also have the forever young, anything is possible. And
3: so
0: that's part, I think that's why she resisted getting care, hiring caretakers for so long. Cause she has that thing where she's like worried about running out of money. And I was very much like, don't worry about it. Like I will help you like whatever, like, but then like, she has much, she has money. She's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's one of those things where as you get to know her, you're like, wait a minute, like you're fine. Like, you know like why were you acting like you were destitute and like you and i'm like an idiot so i'm just like yeah of course like she must not have money like i'll help her and then like as i got to know her i was like oh she's plenty of money she just doesn't trust people to like know that or like share that Uh, or
2: like
0: it's one of those things
2: it comes down yeah the trust thing is exactly it where it's like It's so funny, because coming from like the artist world, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, where like we all are like, oh, let me spot you or oh, I've got you or like things like that, because there are times when like you just genuinely don't have money or your friends don't have money. And you're just like, yeah, as a community, we have to support each other.
0: Yeah. She told me that she was like, yeah, like destitute. And so I like bought her a cell phone. (laughs) <laughs> because but it was a whole thing she kind of fought me on it because she's like I've had a landline for 50 years but she stopped being able to get to her landline like mobility wise
2: Oh yeah 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 yeah
0: and her landline would only make local calls so she couldn't call my cell phone which has a New York number and so I was like so I just got her a cell phone and I was I got her one of those like um cricket ones you know they're like yeah. Um, But they make a smartphone now. And she used to be good at email. So I I got her one that she could email. I gave it to her and she was like, I don't want, I don't want any of these tchotchkes. I just need to make phone calls. And I was like, okay, I should have gotten you just like a flip phone. And then she was like, I hate this. But like, she uses it for, she discontinued her landline. She uses this cell phone for everything now. And, but she still is like, I hate this. I hate technology. It's, (laughs) it's useless. And I'm like, you know, like, it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, okay. Like, Whatever
2: and yet you use it that's that's like my mom doesn't understand that like there's a difference between iMessage and text message <laughs> and so like she always says like I don't get text in the house I'm like no you can connect on the wi-fi because they have like bad reception just in the in the hills where they are um and like my phone doesn't work there either like they finally they got like one of the like cell booster things and it still is kind of wrong all right. But my mom was like, no, it doesn't work. And I was like, no, just put it on the Wi-Fi. And so I was sitting in the same room and I I, I sent her an iMessage and was like, see, it works. And I was like, see how it's the blue bubble that's, that's over Wi-Fi. And my mom just flat out says, that only worked because you're sitting next to me.
0: <laughs> I know. Sometimes <laughs> it's easier. I've realized that sometimes it's easier to just, cause she'll get really mad if she doesn't understand something. And sometimes she's like, she, I can't think of an example, but she'll be like, why are you so dense? And like, I'm like, "Uh, yeah, no, that's not actually what's happening okay, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes it's easier just to be like, yeah, it, it, okay, it was because I was yeah, sitting next was to you. Yeah, it was because
2: I was sitting next to you. There's no way to be like, that went to space and then back to your phone from my phone. <laughs> like, yeah. It did not occur because we're in the living room.
0: <laughs> M- multiple times she's called me over because she was like, I'm not getting calls on my cell phone. It's broken. And it's because she turned the volume down. And then like, I'll turn the volume up and she's like, did you fix it? Did you update it? And I'll just be like, yes, yeah, I updated nice. it yeah you know like sometimes it's not even worth it you
2: know oh my god I love this I love <sighs> <you> so much
0: <laughs> she's really what is, funny
2: what is she gonna do when are you going on tour at all for your new release I was just like oh my gosh what what happens if you have to leave for a little bit
0: so actually this was a thing that happened um this is this is how she ended up getting more caretakers right because oh. for a while it, it was like coming to a head where it was like It was clear like she needed someone there like 24 hours a day kind of thing. And um, I would go there like every morning. We had like a whole morning routine, whatever, um, except for uh, Sundays and Wednesdays. um, When this other person, Gloria, who's awesome would go, um, who's actually like hired and like knows what she's doing. Um, But I had uh, we had a week. We had a week planned uh, to go to Florida mm-hmm. to, um, I got a little, I got like a top surgery revision that mm-hmm. it was like the last year that the surgeon would do it for free basically. Oh. And then like after it, it was like a local anesthesia, it was like not a big deal. Uh-huh. Um, and then we're also supposed to have me and my partner's parents meet for the first time. Oh and my we had, gosh. We had had this scheduled. And so it was like coming up, coming up. I was really nervous. And I was like talking to Dita about it. I was sort of like, what am I going to do, whatever, whatever, because she has these other caretakers, but they're on a fixed schedule. Right. So they can't.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, so what I ended up doing is I I found a, a, a care agency um, and they offer something called respite care, which is for like family members who need a break usually. But it's yeah. like short, short term caretakers that you can hire. Right. So. Um, they found somebody named Howard and he came and she really liked him. And it was like the day I was leaving was like, you know, the first full day they had with each other. And she was like, I love him. I think it's going to work. And I was like, oh, thank God, you know, whatever. So then I left, but then it's like, things are so like strapped right now and caretakers are needed, like everywhere. So like maybe halfway through, it was like, Howard had an emergency and couldn't come anymore and then so they their agent the good thing about it being an agency is the agency replaced him yeah, with somebody.
3: somebody else yeah
0: but there was like a hour period or two hour period where she was like alone in the morning and so I ended up having to call my friend Elise to go over there um but it was like a really really stressful because I was like I'm not there like I, I feel so mm-hmm. horrible you know um but you know so after that though she was like the new caretaker, she warmed to her, and she's like, "She's fine." She, I don't like her as much as Howard, but like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and sorry, <laughs> Howard. Sorry, Howard. She, sorry, Howard. <laughs> um, she liked Howard because Howard was was strong. <laughs> um, but uh, after that, though, it was sort of a thing where she was like, "I want to figure out like a regular schedule," and. Um, like, I don't want you to have to be on this schedule. I want you to be free to come and go, like, whatever. Oh, no. So so then we, like, figured out a regular schedule, and now she has, like, whatever. And then, like, if somebody can't do it, like, the other week, um, one of the caretakers had to get their taxes done. So she, that she couldn't do her, like, four-hour shift. So, like, I'll just do it if they need, like, whatever. Um, but other than that, like, I just come to visit, and um, the, like, medical stuff I haven't had to do the medical stuff for like a few weeks now. Um, so yeah. I think she kind of did that on some level to sort of open me up to be able to do like work stuff and and that without having guilt. But she she didn't say that. She was like, I don't want you on my schedule because you mess things up. You know, <laughs> like- <laughs>
2: sounds like in a in a roundabout way her intention was so that you could you know do the you stuff um but she wouldn't say that
0: yeah no that's I think I kind of speak her at this point and I think that's what she was she's saying like I don't want you on my schedule you mess things up but I think what she's actually saying is like do your I don't want you like being obligate obligated or whatever Uh
3: yeah
0: yeah
2: oh she really does sound like such a character and that like hearing about your relationship have you have you ever had a relationship with someone like this like
0: um well like in terms of like um a stranger or a grandparent I I I was close with my grandparents but not like this you know because obviously they weren't right next door yeah um but um yeah. Uh, in terms of like strangers, I-, I am one of those people who sort of like gets to know strangers by accident a lot, but um, never like this intimately. Like I've never been like you know in someone's home, like like spending so much time with them, like that. You know. Um, yeah. Definitely different and. I have never had to do end of life care stuff with somebody before. So that was definitely a stuff. I mean, it's important to think about, you know, I really, I really, it really puts a lot of things into perspective and also nothing at all into perspective, you know, does that make sense?
2: It does. And like the things you're saying, it's kind of like what popped in my mind was like the idea of like kinship relationships that like, those are kind of undervalued currently at least I perceive it that way that people, you know, like how people kept asking, like, are you like, what's your relation kind Mm -hmm. of thing where it's like the idea of having a kinship relationship with someone that you're not blood related to is like uh, not common in our current society. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, there's, there's that aspect. And also like end of life care, like in a way we kind of, uh, there's been much written about this, about like how we sanitize death. Um, and it's really a, like a gift and an honor to be able to help someone with that transition. And so, yeah, it's fascinating that that is something that you have, that you have taken on. And it sounds like also it's deeply fulfilling for you to show up for someone in this way.
0: Mixed emotions, for sure. I mean, I I think I have a very like rigid moral compass, which my partner and my sister are always like making fun of, but I sort of just like, if, if something makes sense to me as like, this is the right thing, it's really hard for me to like budge from that. And sometimes that's, well, I'm sure you understand that as someone with ADD. Um, it get, it it gets me into trouble. Like, you know, if I have like a verbal disagreement with somebody, cause I'm like, but this is right. And that's wrong. You know, <laughs> but with this, I mean, I just sort of was like, you know, I just, she, she was like, she'd be like, come over. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to say no to her. You know, like I'm not uh. um that it just seemed like the right thing to do. But uh yeah, I mean, it is interesting, right. Because I, you have to make sure you're not like neglecting, neglecting your family relationships too. Like my, here's another twist. This would be a twist on the podcast of, this person, um, my actual grandmother died, like, while I was taking care of her, yes,
3: Oh.
0: Mm-hmm. but it was earlier on, so, like, I was able to go for a few days for the funeral, um, but it was, like, for sure, like, weird mixed emotions, and, like, definitely weird talking to her about it, and stuff, um, and, like, but it did give me this perspective, right, of, like, I really do think that there are good deaths and bad deaths, like if that makes sense. And, like you're right, we sanitize death a lot in our culture. We don't talk about it, we don't think about it. And like for me, it's like my grandmother, she died. she was ninety four, and she was still had all of her mobility, um, lived alone, had a like a caretaker who would come for a few hours in the morning um but like was largely independent had a lot of family around her mm-hmm. was very like had a lot of social engagements like um and she she had a stroke um like watching tv mm-hmm. and she was she did she was sort of on life support for a little while but not conscious and like yeah. with pain management and stuff so like for me i'm like she passed away pretty peacefully we could imagine. I mean, we don't know for sure, but like they think from looking at the stroke that it was probably pretty instantaneous that she went. Yeah. And with like her quality of life largely maintained up until being 94. And the last time that I saw her, she, she was like, to me, like, I'm ready to go. Like, I don't know. She actually said, I don't know why God's keeping me here. I feel that I don't have anything else to do. Mm. Um, to which, you know, we're all Jews with gallows humor. So me and my mom were like, well, I don't know if God's keeping her here. Or if my mom was like, I think my dad's probably paying someone off to keep her here. <laughs> <laughs> because he died while having an affair uh, like fifth, 20 years ago, or something. But anyway, that's a whole other family story. Uh, yeah, now
2: I'm just kind of just like, I wonder where in the lineage we're secretly related.
0: <laughs> like,
2: oh, <laughs> that's my, right. My family is also like that's interesting that you said East Coast. Like my family, when they first moved here on my mom's side, were East Coast.
0: Oh, um, interesting.
2: Yeah, and that was my mom's grandparents.
0: Where Where are they from?
2: Uh, like they moved to New Jersey, and New York, and then to Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, they're my grandparents um well my mom's from Brooklyn but then they moved to New Jersey Mm -hmm. um but yeah he he my grandfather had a a mistress um and he died with this other woman it's a whole story honestly you know I'm thinking I should probably just have a general podcast because I got a lot of tea to spill but my family would hate that probably so (laughs) you can do it under an alias Yes, it's me, uh, Dale Malum.
2: (laughs) That's like, I I constantly want to start just like a low key, like either private or completely undercover Twitter for just like the ridiculous things that I hear, not in session, obviously, like I would never tweet something like from a client session, but like just in my personal life, things that happen that I could never recount without like, mortifying someone or like just the things where I'm like, this is weirder than fiction. This is, this is funnier than anything I could have actually written on purpose. But like, I can't say it because I don't want someone's feelings to get hurt. But maybe if they didn't know it was me.
0: (laughs) I, I do think that like real life is actually stranger than fiction. Like I really do. Like just people are so unpredictable in this weird way but it's funny that you say that what do you think about like I feel like on TikTok and social media right now there's like a large swath of like like therapist talk talk like there's a big what as like a as a therapist like what do you think about do you have feelings about that like I often I really like it it's helpful but I often wonder like I'm like ooh, if one of my therapists was like talking about me session with me on tiktok even if they didn't use my name i probably wouldn't like that you know so
2: yeah it's it's a really fine line because on one hand i like as a therapist i'm so excited that people are talking more about mental health and about therapy in general because it destigmatizes what it is and people are learning more about themselves and about the practice of therapy and it's encouraging a lot of people to actually seek therapy And that to me is really exciting. because I'm like, yay, self insight, growth. We love this, Mm -hmm. fantastic. The thing that worries me is when people either make it about themselves, like that kind of guru kind of thing that's going on where people create like a cult of personality, which that's Mm. not therapy, Mm. that's a cult. um, Where if it's about following what a specific person says, like your therapy, as much as, you know, it's interesting because therapy is about your relationship with your therapist in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, if your relationship with your therapist is parasocial and you have this image of your therapist, that's actually not very beneficial. Mm. And so it's like when people post in a certain way that really highlights who they are, as opposed to whatever it is, the information they're giving, like, and this is only as a therapist, not as an entertainer, but I find that off-putting and not helpful. And also that, like, if people post things that are, like, too specific is how I'd put it, because Mm. you can't you tailor obviously like theory and your education to the person to whom you're speaking in session right so like you can give information that might be helpful but giving interventions over the internet is really dodgy to me like that's the thing is like tiktok for information i love it. i actually like tiktok's my favorite social media right now yeah where, like I, I have discovered so much more even about like neurodivergence and ADHD and autism and like all the things yeah. that fascinate me and that I work with and like that I have in myself. It's like the two wolves inside me. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, like I like I find it fascinating, but I find it fascinating from like an information standpoint and as like a jumping off point to do something.
3: Mm. Um, yes.
2: Cause Yeah, like I feel the same way where the only times I will share anything that a client has said, done is a very general like one of my clients is struggling with executive dysfunction, like something right. extraordinarily vague that like right. all of my clients are struggling with executive dysfunction. So it's like right. something like that or one of my clients sent me the funniest meme, like, I've got to say my clients are some of the funniest people I've ever known. <laughs> um, and I I mean, I adore them for many reasons, but like, yeah, like just blah. Um, and I asked my client, like, may I share this meme? And right. they just like, oh my God, yes. And so it's like, I'll share something like that. Um, but obviously with permission, anytime I share something, even if it's like my client has sent me a meme or a TikTok, I'm like, oh, I found this really useful. Do you mind if I share this with my right. other and right. they're like, yeah, sure. I've never had someone say no,
3: right. but like, it's I good to ask. Yeah. I ask. Yeah,
2: and that's that's the only thing that ethical. I yeah, that I personally would ever share. Yeah, um, because yeah, that was a really long-winded answer, uh, but hopefully,
0: <laughs> no. That I think that's a really good way of explaining it. You know, because like there is a difference between the people who like are sharing information and like resource sharing versus like, um, you know, there's some stuff that like, you know, some like nurses or, or sometimes professionals will like make TikToks sort of like making fun of their clients. And then I'm like, that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's like a, a creator who I really like, uh, nurse Naya and she'll like post them sometimes and be like, cause she's like a mental health nurse in some capacity. So she'll post stuff that people make like that. And is, and will just sort of be like, this isn't, this isn't nice. Like, this isn't okay. You um, know,
2: find or when people, the other thing that bothers me I don't know if you've seen any of this, but like, therapists will sometimes post like reaction videos to things where someone will be like complaining about an issue or, you know, sharing something that is troubling them. And a therapist will like stitch it on TikTok and offer their intervention. And I think that's completely mm. inappropriate because right. like, you don't have the consent of the person to do right. that. And all you know is this one snippet of information, so you don't have the context. That's not a useful intervention. Yeah, like that's not helping. That's maybe the opposite of helping.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> like- meanwhile, it is a double standard, right? Because I got on TikTok when my my therapist wouldn't let me break up with her. And I got on TikTok and I was like, my therapist won't let me break up with her. What do I do? And I'm allowed to say that, right? Because I'm the client.
2: You're the client. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I told my clients. Is like literally a client greeted me at a gathering, which, because like, I mean, I work, like truth be told, I work in like, The queer community the ethical non-monogamy community Mm. the kink community and the neurodivergent community
3: it's small (laughs) yeah
2: it's a venn diagram that's a circle um and so like even though i do work virtually and i work with clients all over california like i always give people the speech of like truth be told we will probably run into each other at some point i will be cordial i will not approach you if you say hello i will say hello back because it would be very strange if i pretended you didn't exist that would be awkward and weird But, like, I will stay away from you in conversation. Um, I will stay away from your partners in conversation as well um, to protect your confidentiality. And, like, I will not be playing in the same areas where other people that are my clients will be playing. And, like, if someone has to leave, like, that's on me. I will do that to protect their confidentiality.
0: That's awesome. That's
2: really great. Yeah, so that's that's my vibe. And so my clients know that. But it was really funny, like, I, I saw a former client... And uh, they they greeted me at a gathering, literally saying, opening the door. And they were just like, my beloved former therapist.
0: (laughs) Damn, that's really funny.
2: Just like, it's me. And it's like, if a client says something, like I, it's not like it opens the floodgates and then I say something, but it's like, if they acknowledge it, like people are, that's on, that's on them. Like that's,
0: that's how I've always understood it is like, it's up to the client to sort of. I was just thinking about this yesterday, actually, because my partner was saying that like they were um, out and um, somebody was like, um, "What happened?" Somebody was like, "You're I'm the receptionist at your dentist office or something," and like I was like, "I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to do that."
3: say that, yeah.
2: But I was like,
0: I don't know, maybe dentistry isn't like a HIPAA <laughs> violation because the government doesn't consider our teeth as part of our body or whatever.
2: Right, right, the health, oh my god, I was trying to explain that to someone not from the US that they're like, why is dental care different than health care? Your teeth live in your mouth.
0: It's part of your bones. <laughs> These are part of my bones. Why are they not covered? Same with vision, your eyeballs also yeah. reside in your head. In my, in my head, yes. <laughs> like, yes. Why?
2: Oh my god! Um, no, technically they're. I don't. I mean, I'd have to check. I don't want <laughs> to. They're not supposed to say that, but I'm like, I'm of the overcautious variety in this scenario. Like I said, I checked with a client before I shared a meme they had sent me. Yeah,
0: that's good. It's better to be overcautious than undercautious. Yes. What? Yes. One time, my therapist came to my show, but I did. T- I did tell her she could. So. I have
2: <laughs> I have not gone to any client shows. I have I've listened to music my clients have sent me. I that's nice. Read books that they've written. Like I, I do like if someone sends me their stuff, like that says to me they want me to understand that piece of them. And so I definitely like I'm on board for that.
0: That's I definitely- didn't mind. Yeah, I didn't mind that she came to the show. I, I kind of liked it, but I didn't like that she wouldn't let me break up with her. I thought that was bad and weird.
2: That's really I mean, of course, like I said, like I adore my clients. There's for certain, it's called like counter transference, where you develop feelings about your client because you're having a relationship with someone. Like that's normal, though, to have, and you're supposed to discuss it in supervision or consults with your fellow therapist for any therapist listening to this. We all have feelings, not necessarily like bad feelings or good feelings, whatever, but since you're having a human interaction, you do have feelings about what your clients bring up. Sometimes they ping on your own stuff. Sometimes it's just like, oh my God, we're going through the same thing, all sorts of stuff. But you're supposed to talk about that with your fellow therapist so you can manage those feelings so that Mm. your work is centered around your client. And if your client wants to leave, that's Mm. on your client. And even if you have feelings about that, you, you can have those feelings.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting like, I don't know what feelings she had about me, but like I'm not accusing her of like having feelings for me. But I know that she had feelings about certain things that I would do because we would have to process them in session. And like you know, for example, I'm I'm sort of difficult to to like I drop off of communication a lot, and it's always been an issue, ADD issue. It's been an issue with friends. It's been an issue with like like pretty much everything, right? Like yeah. like. Yeah. Um, so I would go on tour and I would be like, okay, I'll get back in touch when I'm not on tour anymore, whatever. Uh, for a while, she was like still counseling me while I was on the road. But like a couple of times I'd be like, I don't know, like I can't schedule like yeah, next week or whatever. I never canceled last minute or anything like that. It's just like she would, whatever, go like three weeks without hearing from me or whatever. And we had to have a whole processing session because she was saying that like like my lack of communication, it wasn't like she was like, it, it's scheduling reasons. It was her feelings about me being sort of difficult to get in touch with sometimes or whatever. And I remember spending the whole hour and I was so pissed. Cause I was like, what, how, why are we processing your feelings about like, you know what I mean? Like, how but is that? How? Yeah. Anyway. And then, so then when I finally, and we, she was my therapist for seven years, actually. And and then when I was like, uh, at the end of therapy, when I was like, yeah, I really think I I should move on from therapy, whatever. She knows I have trouble like making decisions and also like asserting myself to people and people pleasing tendencies and conflict avoidance. Right. So we did this whole session where I was like, thank you so much for everything. I just like really feel like, you know, I want to like, Whatever, whatever, and at the end of the session, I was like, So, what do we do now? And she was like, What do you mean we schedule for next week? And I was like, What? And she was like, Um, well, and it's a termination process, you don't just end therapy and like, you know, we, you know, whatever. And I was like, Okay, like how long is a termination process? And she was like, it really depends. It really depends. So it, you know, it, it could be, uh, I, I would like it to be like, you know, at least a few sessions or whatever. And like, I was like, um, I really don't, don't know, like blah, 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 blah. And she said the phrase, I would settle for a month is what she said. And I remember like telling my partner that my partner was like, absolutely not, absolutely not. And I, so then there was a period and I had already like started out a new therapist. And so there was a period where I had two therapists for like two weeks because my first therapist would not let me break up with her until finally I sent her a text and was just like, listen, I appreciate everything, but like, I can't, I honestly cannot do any, like we'll, we can have one more session. And like, that's my end. Like, that's it. You know, like,
2: <laughs> I think you probably can see in my face. I'm like,
0: whoa.
3: it's nuts
2: Mind blown well it's fascinating because i think of termination with some of my clients like um, there's like i have hired a bunch of new therapists over the few years uh, for my practice because like spoiler alert people have been unwell um
0: it is how how so what do you what's been something going on or it's
2: been like the taco bell pizza hut of like just (laughs) global collapse um and (laughs) like it's been like
0: yeah for sure
3: it's
2: it's been a shenanigan like um Cause like, like truth be told, I had started my private practice as being like the ancillary thing that I do with music, because as you well know, sometimes music is like, yay, I made you money. And sometimes music is like, I made you no money. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And it all depends on what email you get that day.
2: Exactly. So I was just like, well, I'm always going to be making music, but I also live in late stage capitalism. So I need to make money. Um, and later
0: stage lately, I feel like this is like the latest, latest stage. Everything's crumbling.
2: This is the latest stage. Yeah. This is the tower has fallen. It's weird. Neo feudalism. And we're waiting to see what we do in the Renaissance. Is it actually going to be the rise of the Medici or do we just eat the rich? debating. But uh but yeah <laughs> the sentence went a lot of places. Um, like, um, <laughs> welcome to my mind. Um but uh yeah I started hiring more people because also the crossover of everybody knows me. Um and so yeah. It's been interesting because some of my clients I transferred over because like I hired people with different, slightly different specialties than I. And I'm like, hey, we've been together for like two years and now you're working on this thing. We accomplished all of these goals together. Like, I think you'd be great with this person. Um, Also for like new intakes, stuff like that. But I was talking to one of my clients um, last night and they were even saying they were just like, you know, they were just like yeah just tell me which which quarter is going to be my transition time because i had talked to them about a specific new person i was hiring that i thought actually would be a really good match for them and we've done some really solid work we've been together as a client and therapist for like four years um and so we already are in like the pre-contemplative stage of mm. a transition to another therapist um and i was thinking about like because of the duration of that relationship it was brought up by both of us you know prior That at Mm. some point, like, I won't be this person's therapist forever. Right. Um, Because I also do think it's really important. um, This is for therapists and clients out there to learn from different therapists. Like, it's great to have a consistent relationship, maybe a maintenance relationship with like a therapist you've been with long term, but you're going to learn something new in different therapeutic relationships. Um, That's just the nature of it. And so like, I was just like, yeah, I think this person is going to be a really great fit for you. Um, and like other clients, by the way, have terminated with me. And I, what I always offer is if a client says like, you know, I, I think that I'm done, I'll offer them one termination session where we can just talk about the wrap up where it's just like, Hey, I really hear you. Even if it's a 30 minute phone call, like anything that just honors that this is like the end of a thing. And then we move on.
0: That's absolutely reasonable.
2: Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to think of like fighting someone on like that's almost like fighting for someone to stay in a relationship. If someone's like, I think we need to break up. And you're like, well, I don't.
0: So that's how it, that's how it felt. And like, that was, was so weird about it. And, and like, And actually, it's funny that you bring up other modalities, because at first I tried to, like, sort of let her down easy and be like, I really appreciate this relationship. I just want to explore other modalities. I feel like seeing an OCD therapist might be helpful, maybe attachment theory therapist, maybe EMDR. And she was like, well, actually, I'm getting trained in EMDR. And, like, it was, like, like it was, like, really difficult. Uh, But she finally you know, I think I did two other, two termination sessions with her, but she. Oh
2: my gosh. I even, especially like, I was just thinking of another, another pair of people that I saw where it's like, they ran into like financial difficulty and then they did really well afterwards. But then I like offered sliding scale during that we did like, you know, kind of flexible scheduling. And then when it came time to terminate, like they were like, yeah, you know, they were just like, it was, I would really like to come to a session, but like, you know, My partner already went to one of them and like I don't know if we have it in the budget and I was just like, I'd be happy even to do like a free phone call with you just honor the work we've done together I'm like it's okay um and you sound
0: like a really good therapist (laughs) I I, at no point did I hear the words I'd settle for a month come from your mouth
2: I'm just like what because like of course I had the feelings of like oh my gosh like these have been such wonderful clients like you know but I also did feel like if someone feels like and I mean these these clients also were ready to flappy flappy out of the nest like that's the thing is you don't hold on to it's almost like we were talking about like the deaths and bad deaths, weirdly, but it's like thinking about transitional times. Mm. It's okay that someone's ready to go to something else. Mm-hmm. Like it's painful in a way because it is a change, but at the same time you can honor like, ah, uh, yes, this, this thing is coming to an end mm. and we can honor that. And that is okay. And it mm-hmm. might be sad. It might be joyful. It might be relieving all those feelings, but then something will come after it. Yeah, I
0: mean, change is really hard. Change has always been really hard for me since I was a little kid. Like, I have real hard times with, like, transitional times. And I mean that in terms of, like, uh, daily activities. I had, you know, I was one of those kids that really had an issue transitioning from activity to activity. And also bigger changes in life, which I understand is ironic since I literally, like, changed my sex. But, like, it took me a really long time to get there because – so. For me to even get to the point where I was like, listen, it's time for a change. Like who would know that best? My therapist would know that best, you know, like, I don't know. So yeah, that was a wild fucking time.
2: Oh my gosh. And even like you were talking about of like, oh, I'm bad with change. I I feel that so hard on transition times. I bank like so much time in between things just to shift gears because it's yeah. it stuck in the liminality of it. It's like the John Travolta gif where I'm just like. I'm <laughs> just standing yeah. there in the room
0: um, they say that about little kids like you know like when you're like it's time to go and like they they freak out it's like kind of makes sense because if somebody came in you were eating lunch and they were like get up you'd be like well, you know yeah, like, you yeah. Know.
2: I am constantly alarmed um <laughs> <laughs> no and it's it's interesting I wonder sometimes about and I don't know there, there's been more literature on it lately but like the connection between like trans and neurodivergence. Because I think about like my first partner was um, trans and I, we didn't know that when she and I were dating when we were like 17, 18. And then I dated this boys after her and was like, this feels different in a way that I don't know how to identify and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and then later when it was just like, oh, it's cause you're a girl. I was like, oh. <laughs>
0: you're like, oh, I. You're like, I don't want to unpack whether I might be queer. Uh, I, oh, okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, literally, I was just like, I was like, does this make me a retroactive lesbian?
0: <laughs> <laughs> in, in a way. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's a whole philosophical, like, you know, Pandora's box. But like, I, I do think, like, even if, like. You don't realize that you're trans. Like I I do, feel like sometimes there is like something that people are picking up on. You know, like yeah. I don't know for sure what, but like I was failing at being a girl in like such a huge way, and and in ways that like I I don't. I always was confused about. You know, like it was like I I don't know. It's like people were like. Like, everybody would read something queer on me, right? Like, like there was yeah. never a time where I could be closeted. They were like, you're a lesbian. And I was like, I do like girls, but I also like boys. But everyone's saying I'm a lesbian, and so they must be right. And, like, I don't know what they were picking up on, you know, but, like, it's right. it's interesting, the things that we yeah, into that
2: Yeah, that other people, like, kind of clock before you do. Like, I, mm-hmm. because, like, truth be told, I do still sometimes date cis men, which confuses... Even me. Uh,
0: I mean, well, are you bisexual or pansexual?
2: Yeah. I'll be aesthetically attracted to certain people, but not sexually attracted to them. And then there are other people that I feel sexually attracted to that I don't even aesthetically like. And I'm just like, what trick of biology is this?
0: One time a girl broke up with me because of pheromones. (laughs) (laughs) One time we were literally like going to her house in a cab and then when we got there with with the like we intention that we were going to spend the night together um yeah we'd been dating on and off for like a like not very long but um in the hallway of her building she was like i don't know like you're you're so great on paper and you're really funny and like i like everything about you but i think it must be pheromones or something because I, i i just am not feeling it and i was like okay 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 bye and then, I, and, then I, and then i took a cab home a different cab um yeah the other cab had already left but yeah it, she was like you're i'm attracted to you you're a good kisser you're just i don't know it must be pheromone sorry and i was like okay <laughs> but oddly I was like at first I was like that's bullshit and then I was like actually it's kind it's like kind of a nice thing if you like it's not a nice way of saying it but I was like it it is like sometimes there's just like nothing about you it's just not a good match you know
2: yeah there's not that whatever whatever that glue is like it's not it's not there and so yeah I think that is why sometimes against my better instincts I'm just like ah yes I will date you why I do not know maybe you smell good to me <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah but it's yeah like it. it's it's very it's very interesting because also she and I like each knew about each other's neurodivergence before the other person like when she was just like oh my god I'm ADHD and I was like I know and
0: she's like what and then when I was oh. like
2: ah, I too am ADHD she was like yeah I know and I was like what
0: yeah, <laughs> it's,
3: like, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's funny that you're like oh like Trans people are like mostly neurodivergent is like really funny because um, they're. I have one friend who who is trans who says that and and it, I w- I was like that's not true and then I I could only come up with one person that I knew <laughs> who wasn't and it, but like I it's like interesting because it's like uh, pardon the pun but a chicken or the egg type thing um, yes which because. It's like, okay, are like, are we all like all trans people or neurodivergent or like is it that like neurodivergent people like people, I guess, specifically with like ADHD or autism um, are used to sort of thinking of things in like outside the box ways. So if we start questioning one thing, you know, and we're like more prone to question our gender, like probably. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, like, I haven't fully like, formed that theory. Yeah, it's yeah. almost
2: like since we like to kind of pull on the thread, are we just more prone to like unravel the whole sweater and re-knit it into a, a throw blanket?
0: Um, right, right. Whereas somebody without ADHD or autism would be like, well, no, I don't feel like this gender, but i that's a box I'm never going to open or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'll just put that back on the shelf. <laughs> like,
0: but yeah, I do think I have a couple friends who are like, yeah. I mean, listen- we all have our stuff but I definitely I have a few friends who do not have ADHD or autism a few a few trans have, friends
2: yes. it's so funny like whenever there's like one of the friends in, in a friend group that I have that's like literally the one neurotypical amongst us and we're always just like I'm so sorry thank <laughs> you for like holding it down and it together <laughs> like because every event it's just like oh i'm sorry i was late for and we all have the different reasons for being mm. late but it's like that's the customary beginning of an event is like the sharing of what made you 20 to 40 minutes late <laughs> to said yeah no. um,
0: i am um, my partner's sister also has adhd and our adhd the way that it interacts is really interesting because we're different like we're definitely different and her way of processing like time she shows up to everything an hour early oh like she if she says that she'll be at your house at seven she's coming in the door at six like and so i was like oh i don't like that but i also was like well maybe if i adopted that i would have less stress in my life like maybe if, if i can't get there on time maybe i should just shoot for like you know, four hours early.
2: (laughs) I I once showed up that this is also because of Judaism. Um, My friend invited me over for Christmas and I didn't know which Christmas she meant, like whether it was Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, because I didn't really um, ask because I forgot that there was two kind of versions there. And I just rolled the dice and showed up on Christmas Eve and she had definitely meant Christmas Day.
0: Oh no, what happened?
2: I just showed up and she was like in her sweats with a cute little face mask on and confused as to why I was at her home, like very (laughs) pleasantly confused.
0: What so you were like, I'm not gonna ask, I'm just gonna see.
2: Well, I just I flat out forgot and was too embarrassed to ask. And Uh should have.
0: (laughs) Did you come back for Christmas or no? You did. That's—I mean—that's the mark of a good friend, though. Like you're—you're you're good enough friends that you, that you could do that. She was
2: just like, "This is amazing. I love you. Can I wash this off my face? Do you still yeah. want to come to the actual party?" <laughs> like...
0: Yeah, yeah. It um, is funny. Yeah, the uh, Christmas. I yeah, I'm also Jewish, so like, but it's funny, like the the Christmas things that that I feel Jews do, where like like, you know my family would like, obviously like drive around and like sort of judge people's Christmas lights. or like, you know, go to the, um, uh, Chinese buffet and like, you know, see a movie, whatever. And I remember talking to one of my partners about it and she was like, that's a Christmas you're, you're, you have a family Christmas tradition. Like that's, that's (laughs) celebrating Christmas. And I was like, no, it's not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh yes yes we would always we would get Chinese food and see a movie like that yeah, one like the that's a classic that's oh a yeah. Classic. yeah oh yeah and like it's so it's interesting I was even thinking about like holidays and rituals and all that kind of stuff and thinking about transitions and and uh, literally all of those coalesced in my brain to going oh my god that's why touring is sometimes so incredibly strange
0: <laughs> oh yeah it's <That> <laughs> all built for touring but
2: yeah it's like all of the rituals you can't the only ritual is actually being on stage
0: well interesting because I do think there are some weird rituals of touring yeah. like there's I do think so I mean I think if you're in okay if you're touring with a band every band has these weird van inside jokes have you noticed that we're like at the end of the tour it it just becomes like these like four things that have become sort of a meme within this car and and it, it doesn't make any sense and it and it's like um or like these like specific things that you get obsessed with and then you just start like referencing them and it but it's only amongst these like four people it's like very strange right um right and like there's the ritual of the like showing up to the venue and walking in and checking in with them, which I'll, that's the part that gives me the most anxiety, honestly. Um, and then you drop your stuff in the green room and you go and you um, like start setting up and then you get the, you, I would, after setting up like and sound checking and setting up the merch, I would always try to go like walk down the street and get a coffee or something like just to be like, I I saw the town. I saw it. <laughs> sometimes there's no no um time to do it and then after you play the show it was always the like running to the merch table and then doing the merch line and then getting in the van after talking about the show and then you know driving to wherever you were staying and doing the whole thing again the next day you know and sometimes it was like sometimes like you just stay, you just stop at the same rest areas over and over and over again. One time I remember we drove up, we stopped at one rest area, played a show the next day coming down, we pulled off for gas. It was the exact same rest area with, like, and I didn't even mean to do it on purpose. You know, it's just like, that's amazing. So yeah. It starts to be patterns, you know?
2: That's, it's so interesting. Cause I was thinking even about like, <laughs> like touring with Night vale, that it's like, is it the same rest stop?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh touring, okay touring with Night Vale I would put in a completely different category because they're it's like so much easier <laughs> it's so much easier than like my own tours because they have a tour manager they have everything like I think Meg is the one that makes all the, like, arrangements for, like, where people are going to stay and, like, where we're going to, like, they stop for lunch every day. Like, they, they have, like, it's... Oh, that's wild. I love that as musicians, we're like, you stop for lunch? Yeah, and she has, like, healthy lunch spots planned out. It's, like, so nice. And they always get you into the hotel before the show, so you always have a chance to take a shower or, like, sometimes go to the gym or whatever. Like, it's nice. Touring with Night vale is taken care of. <laughs>
1: wow
0: Mm -hmm. yeah wow but I haven't done it in two years so I am supposed to do that in June um (sighs) and I'm a little nervous I don't know I guess I gotta I guess I gotta practice
3: well (laughs) also
2: like in a way getting back into that side of music because it sounds like I guess what was your relationship with music during this time because were you just like it's funny that I said just I was just like ah you got to be a studio rat then <laughs> Like,
0: <laughs> kind of you to uh assume that I'm that kind of a musician
2: I like um, that you just like a bold assumption to make <laughs> no because I I know the type of musician
0: you're you're like thinking of and like the fact of the matter is, and I'm not being self-deprecating, I'm not a very adept musician. Like I'm a very good songwriter. That's my strength. Right. So, and I can play multiple instruments and whatever, but I'm not like a theory nerd. I'm not like a gear nerd. I'm like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not that, that flavor of like, you know, um, but so yeah, touring, touring went away um which in some ways was good for me because a lot of what I was doing wasn't serving me Mm -hmm. like I was just saying like yes to a lot of different tours and I should have sort of pared it down to the ones that I don't know like I took like support tours that I was kind of like yeah it'll be good for us to be touring during this time or you know I could but like you know I ended up missing my like niece's birth because i was in ottawa with titus andronicus and it's like yeah that was a fine show but like was it worth missing my niece's birth no like (laughs) um so so like it was but but it's this thing of like everyone's on tour and so you feel like you have to be on tour and you're worried your fanbites might forget about you and that's how you make money and so you have to be on tour so when it was like no one can tour it really forced me to like sit back and think about like what do I want my life to look like? You know, yeah, um, yeah. So that that was the silver lining, even though it was really weird and hard. Um, but yeah, in the pandemic, I so this is what happened. I started. Uh, thank God for. Do you know Terrorbird? Yes. Thank God for Terrorbird um, because they signed me to a publishing to their publishing side like right before the pandemic. Oh, got it. So they set up uh, a bunch of co-writes with like their the writers on their publishing roster. Um, So I was like making music with, I was doing co-writes virtually with people and like
3: Uh
0: I'd never done that before virtually and like it was really nice. Like it was really nice to like remember like, oh, I like music. I like making music. Um, They uh, like, ended up like i ended up writing i wrote a song i wrote a song um for a netflix show and then i ended up writing an instrumental for a commercial and like that helped um and then they i met this guy kyle through the co-writing um and we just started working on like the songs that would eventually become this EP like virtually so it was yeah, nice to hi. be able to work on something even though like I didn't have a band I didn't have a studio like you know hi. and uh and then you know when that kind of dried up I this <laughs> was the most fucking LA thing ever <laughs> please forgive me but I um I was lucky enough to get uh an acting job. <laughs> I got. I booked an acting job. Excellent. Um, for a, and a modeling job, and uh, you're now a triple threat. Yes, yes. So I am technically, I am technically, um, and then another modeling job, and and um, the acting thing uh, did not get did not go to series, unfortunately. Um, but I and my partner at the time I was like oh my god like this is crazy like you know like acting and modeling is so much easier than music and they were like you fucking they're like do you know people live years in LA trying to get booked on a network pilot and you just like were like oh this is fun and like just like picked it up like I this is ridiculous whatever and so I, I I it was bad because I kind of got bit by the bug a little bit where I was like, Oh my God, this is so much easier than music where I had to like claw my way. Right. So, um, but it's not, it's like, it's like winning in Vegas and being like, wait, Vegas is easy, you know? And this so now, <laughs> yeah. So now, but, but I am like, uh, submitting for like acting in and, and modeling jobs and doing that sort of on the side. Um, now which so that that's all and then my pandemic hobbies so that that's how my relationship with music sort of like ebbed Yeah,
2: in. kind of that's also that's fascinating because like in a way acting is easier and harder I haven't I haven't done acting since I was much younger but in a way it's almost like for me acting feels strangely like scoring work where like someone's mm-hmm. already given you the like the, mm-hmm. the raw material and all you have to do is like just foster that emotion in a way which I'm like oh you didn't even make me think of the source material cool yeah like And so whether it's, oh, I just get to make the sounds of that emotion or, oh, I just get to portray and embody that emotion. I'm like, oh, okay.
3: <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. that totally makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah, for me, like, I totally get that. And like scoring work, that absolutely makes sense that that would be a similar thing. For me, it's like. I mean there's a lot of baggage because like it's like what you look like and like you know it's like the rejection so personal or whatever but but on some ways it's like less loaded because it's like songwriting is the thing that i do right like that's my craft like it has to be perfect right sort of um acting is like not the thing the main thing that i do and like in some ways honestly After like years in the music industry where like labels and booking agents were like, oh my God, we're such big fans, but we have to pass. Like, it's like kind of refreshing to just like have people be like, nah, you know, like.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're like, "Um, your arms weren't at the right angle. We're not into it. And you're like, okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Or like, I I got to final callbacks for a CW thing. Uh-huh. And um, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, sorry, it's like just not gonna work or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, bummer." But then I was like, "Yeah, I was for like a sixteen-year-old, and I'm 30. You know, like, like, <laughs> like actually, that is good that I didn't get that. You know, but it's not. It's not like I'm so. It's like you know, with 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 music, it's like every time I would get one of those emails from a label being like yeah sorry like we're such or like they come to the show and be like an agent would come to the show and be like oh my god you're so amazing i love it so much and then i'd be like oh like can we work together and no one would ever pass outright because they they don't want you to be like blow up and then they can come crawling back or whatever so it is in some ways really refreshing to like tiptoe into an industry where they're just like yes or no you know
2: yeah i actually it's so funny thinking about like uh that I love definitive yeses or nos. Like, even if I don't want to hear a no, even if it's not my desired outcome, I'm actually much better if someone straight up says a no, because then I like can move past it. Whereas if someone says, oh my God, I love your stuff. And you're like, can we work together? And they're like, I love your stuff. You're like, that doesn't answer the question. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like a yes or a no adds clarity. And then I can, like, my brain can put it down. You know what Otherwise, my brain's like, would you like to think about this possibility? Would you like to think of the 17 possibilities that might spark from this possibility? Yeah. I'm like, no, I actually didn't want to think about that. My brain's like too late.
0: Yeah. Um and also just uh, like commit to something. Like make a decision and like stand behind the consequences. You yeah. know what I mean? Like pass on the album and if it gets Best New Music, then like egg on your face. Like, you know what I mean? Don't don't be the person like you know cuz like yes, I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although sometimes okay, I will okay, I'm going to walk it back. I'm going to walk back. Because I will say sometimes like like when I was uh like 19, 20, I interned for Tara Bird like very, very early on in their license in their licensing department. And I was a baby, and like every year, I would try to get on their licensing ro- their sync roster, right? And like eventually, they were like, "We love you so much. You're so important to us, but we just don't think it's a good fit." And I was like, "Okay, sad, whatever." Yeah. But then, when I got older and like had a bigger body of work or whatever, at some at some point, they were like, "Like, we love you, your family, and like." we don't want anyone else to rep you. And like, it just like, you know what I mean? It like turned around in six years. So you've got it. You also got to live, leave room for like things to change and evolve and people to change their mind because circumstances change. Right. So that is true. true. So you never know. Um, But the thing that bothers me more than like people reaching out. Well, no. Okay. It does bother me when people reach out to be like, can you help me? um and it's like not good people that you want to help or like you know you're like baby I can barely help myself um but the thing that I feel bad about is when people reach out and they're like can you help me and I'm like I wish that I could you know like like (laughs) somebody a bunch of people reached out (laughs) without naming any names I I put something out with a label and then a bunch of people reached out to me because they wanted to work with that label and I was like but at that point even though the single or whatever had done well for the label um I I could not get them to write me back about this EP so people reaching out to me being like you're on this label can you and I'm like baby I cannot even get them to write me back about my fucking EP like I I don't know what you want me to do for you you know like (laughs)
2: yes where you're just like i mean if they would even like message me on a regular basis maybe
0: (laughs) they will they message me when royalties they message me to be like we're sending you a royalty or whatever but they would they wouldn't they would not message me back about my fucking demos which is like
2: oh music is like the least linear i mean as like i guess in a way it's weird to say i'm an entrepreneur but i guess i am because in all of the areas of my life i've just kind of uh done my own businesses um so i guess that's a definition of entrepreneur pam um i think we solved that uh atlantic
0: pam, pamtrepreneur
2: Entrepreneur. no
0: entre entrepam more
3: <laughs> this is going so many directions
0: sorry sorry
3: <laughs> i love this
2: I was like, Oh my God, what was I even originally going to say? Oh yeah. Like that people will ask like for, for help in like, uh, like music stuff. Um, people have asked for like, even like advice for like advertising for one psychology business or like marketing and things like that. And I would say that like, neither of them are particularly linear. It's not like you can, it's not like you go to school to do this one thing, and then you get an internship in this one thing, and then you do the one thing.
0: Yeah, that's like more you, like a traditional, like yeah. what people think of as like a traditional career path. But in the yeah. arts, it's always
2: it's like it's catches, try- catch can. Yeah, and so it's very, it's hard to give even, it's sometimes hard to give advice or help, because you're just like, it, everybody's path is so different that you're like it's not linear it's not what you expect and every it's like everything is a unique case and so you're just like uh, 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 you just yodel at people yeah um just yodeling incoherent yodeling um so it's just Do you yodel
0: <laughs> you yodel it's interesting yeah
2: it's just yeah it's very sometimes i wish
0: i had like one mentor who i could like ask questions to
2: yeah you know <laughs>
0: but I don't really have that. But um, I don't know. sometimes <laughs> the the closest thing, this is not a mentor relationship at all. This is like a sort of weird, long distance digital friendship. But um, the closest thing I had to advice on this was I like sent some of the demos to Mitski and I was like, is this too like genre like different? And she was like, and she was like, no, It's fine. <laughs> no, that's like that's the only advice i asked for basically on like this ep It was like is this yeah. is it bad to put out like a country record and also so she was like no it's not that different and it's fine also and um and also i was like personally i was like whatever like nothing like a pandemic to put into perspective like how myopic and stupid a lot of these categories are and they don't matter oh yeah.
1: It don't matter Just put out
0: put out whatever you want put out. doesn't okay. really matter.
2: Do what you like. that's that's been kind of my theory of this is like everything broke. so now we get to do what we like. Congratulations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. you Thank you for being so generous with your time today.
0: Oh, no problem. Um, this is a good conversation.
1: Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not both? If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the Podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.